we don't substitute church performance for a relationship with the Lord. And, and that's what we started by talking about. It's exposing our children to those who love the Lord, not just those who are in Christian habits. So glad you joined us for today's Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Ryan Chapel. In today's lesson, Pastor Ryan shares from Ephesians 6 in a message about parenting. This message was first shared early on in the COVID-19 pandemic, and for this lesson, Dr. Chapel was joined by his wife, Kathy, as they spoke on a series of topics about marriage and parenting. You can find this lesson and many others when you visit unlimitedgrace.com. And while you're there, look for Pastor Brian's new book, Are We Living in the Last Days? With a balanced biblical explanation about the book of Revelation and Christ's return, Pastor Brian will help you understand the hope that unites all Christians. Let's hear now from Dr. Brian Chapel, who's joined by his wife, Kathy, as they share the first half of the lesson, Gospel Parenting. Author Jennifer Phillips writes this, When I had my first child, I was determined to knock this parenting thing out of the park. I read all the books that said, If you do these things, your child will be on a predictable schedule and will sleep through the night by the time you come home from the hospital. Mommies of newborns, do you see me winking (laughs) at you? Uh, Back to Jennifer Phillips, she writes, This child will never rebel or have low self-esteem or be mean to puppies or receive less than a 700 on his SAT scores, something like that. And from the beginning, my son would not cooperate. He cried endlessly, he had trouble feeding, and he wouldn't nap for more than 20 minutes at a time. She writes, Do you know my predominant emotion in the middle of all this? It was anger. At my infant, I threw pillows in the middle of the night. I yelled at my husband and I said not very kind words to my infant. I was upset because I had faithfully followed A and B and I wasn't getting C. I deserved a child who would cooperate. All the books told me he would if I did my part. I did my part. And I was furious. Well, I asked the mother of our children to tell that account, and uh, I'm glad she winked at the moms out there who know the futility of trying to raise a perfect child. So even again this week, as I explain the scriptures, but ask Kathy to give illustrations from our lives, when she says that there was a mom who was furious, as much as we might wink at that, we may know the reality of it. And the reason is not so much because moms are furious at their infants or other children. Our anger as parents is more often at our idols the idols of control and reputation and success and parental faithfulness. These idols promise us fulfillment and satisfaction and approval and significance in the performance of our child. 
And what we begin to recognize is that our children inevitably show that they are undeniably human because they have proven that our idols have failed. And what that says to my heart as a parent is, I have failed. Because everyone was promising me, if I just did a good enough job, if I just did it right, that my child will not embarrass me or frustrate me or make me furious. And every parent struggles with those dynamics, which means that what is happening is our children are proving our own humanity, and that's what makes us furious. Fearing so much our own failure and our embarrassment and our anger, we pray, all right, God, just, just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I mean, if you just give me the list, and I'll put it on my refrigerator with the magnets, and I'll just check it off every day, and I'll do exactly what you say. If you just give me the boxes to check off, I'll do it. And so often we try and think we've done it, and then find the perfection of our children is still a long way off. What we are looking for is checkoff lists, and God is doing something far wiser. And the reason we know that is true is when we start to use the Bible as our child development manual, we're almost always disappointed. I mean, we want a manual for every stage of child development. And what you get instead is four measly verses on parenting. Now, now, wait a second, God, I, I need an encyclopedia of what it means to be a parent raising a godly child. Will you at least give me a list of the best websites? And I get four verses. And I will tell you, if you're going to start looking at other passages in the Bible, this is the longest passage in the Bible on parenting. And we inevitably think there, there is something wrong here. I need something better. But God is wise, and what he is doing in his wisdom is not giving us a set of boxes to check off like our kids were automatons, but rather he is giving us an architecture of the biblical family that functions with the uniqueness and the grace of parents and families and children and begins to help us understand how we build on the truths of Scripture in order to have the children that God gives us grow in him rather than just grow as robots who are acting according to the boxes that we have checked off. I'm going to get up so that you can see the, the board that I'm writing on here. What we are doing right now is recognizing that what God has done in his word is given us a foundation for building a Christian family that is not just a set of instructions that we're checking off the list. Instead, if you're thinking of an architecture with a foundation, he begins with our relationships. And those relationships actually lead to responsibilities and those responsibilities to instructions. And where we will be on this particular day is looking at these relationships, recognizing that they are truly the foundation for the family that is going to reflect the face of Christ to one another and to the world. And that's more than just a, a list of the best websites. It is saying, how do we build according to God's instruction? And the, the first building block of the godly family is a loving relationship with the Lord. And we will talk about that for a while, of what that looks like. Because that 
that first building block of a relationship with the Lord is what the Apostle Paul has dealt with in most of the book of Ephesians, the letter that he wrote to the church at Ephesus already. I mean, those of you who've been with us as we've gone through this through the Bible in a year and recognized that when we got to Ephesians, we saw God's plan for the church. And he said, this is the body of Christ. All these different people from the different ethnicities and backgrounds gathering together to worship God. This, this body of Christ functioning as a, an organism with different people, with different gifts and backgrounds called into fulfilling God's mission for the world that ultimately across the ages and across the regions of the world, Christ is moving forward until his power touches all people in all places. And and that is the first step, is recognizing that what God is doing is he's telling us what it means to love the body of Christ before he ever tells us what it means to love a child. Why is that? Because Jesus himself said that his body, the church, was going to be so powerful that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. The reason that we need to understand the church and involve our families in the body life of the church is this is our first defense spiritually for our children against Satan himself. These are not idle words. We who wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places, to recognize that God has said, in this body of Christ that's forming, I'm, I'm not just telling you it takes a village. I'm telling you to protect your children and to raise them in a way they are strong for the Lord Jesus and against the wiles of Satan, is to involve them in the church in such a way that, that it's not just God's offense against Satan. Involvement in the body life of the church is your defense against spiritual evil that would threaten your children for their entire lifetimes. God is calling his children to a great defense. And it's parents who understand what it means to be involved in the life and the ministry of the church. Here they are not just learning. Of course, we want them to learn. They are not just learning Jesus loves me, all great, all good. But we recognize that what is happening is that children are being surrounded by spiritual nurture. When we baptize children in this church, we don't just ask the immediate parents to make vows before the Lord. Every time we ask the church as a whole, will you provide this child with prayer and a Christian example, because we know what that means. It means children will grow up in the life of the church seeing adults who know the Lord and love the Lord and know what it means to be forgiven. And as a consequence, in their lives and in their worship, they are saying, this Jesus is real. And kids that are Adults that our kids grow up respecting and loving are saying to them, I want you to know my Father in heaven. He loves and he forgives and he gave his son for me and I believe that and I'm entrusting my life and my future to that heavenly Father 
And when our children are surrounded by families and adults who believe that, then we are providing them with a fortress, as it were, of faith so that they are being prepared, not, not just by the family itself. God, God did not mean for us to be parents alone. He meant for us to be united with others in the rearing of our children. There will, there will be a time always when children have tough times listening to their parents. But there will be loving families around them who love the Lord and are helping to raise them too. And Kathy, we've seen that with power. When our kids were first arriving in our family when they were little, we had the great privilege of being in a church with lots of parents our age and lots of kids the ages of our kids. As parents, we got together. We encouraged and taught and corrected one another. We cried over the hard times. We laughed over the silly times. From everything, from diapering to discipline, when to crack down on those rascals, when to ease up, and what was a fair expectation for the different ages and stages of children as they grew. So we raised our kids, and we raised each other's kids, and we raised each other in the context of a community that loved Jesus and forgave one another and helped one another grow up as we were growing up our kids. Many of these parents and their children are our best friends to this very day. You're listening to Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Brian Chapel. Our world is shaking with news of wars, economic uncertainty, natural disasters, social unrest, and personal tragedies. Now many Christians are wondering, are these the end times? No one seems to be able to handle a world seemingly spinning out of control. Are these the end times? Or is there to be no end to the madness of war and the sadness of a broken creation? The Bible answers with the certainties and comfort of God's Word. Pastor Brian will help you understand our times in his new book, Are We Living in the Last Days? This careful look at the major views of end times prophecies and the book of Revelation is written to comfort our hearts and strengthen our faith. Jesus promised us peace of heart in a troubled world, and you can understand and anticipate that peace through the assurances of God's Word in Pastor Brian's new book, Are We Living in the Last Days? You can request your copy of Are We Living in the Last Days when you go online to unlimitedgrace.com or by calling 844-41-GRACE. That's 844-414-7223. And now, more from Brian Chapel on today's Unlimited Grace. So, special times, some special moments. And the reason Kathy is here with me during this sheltering-in-place world pandemic time is we knew it would be good for us just to speak honestly not only about our own lives, as I'm trying to explain what these scriptures mean, 
But we need to even reflect upon the dynamics of the moment and what we are talking about as well. Here's what we know. Because of the COVID-19 crisis, families are sheltering in place, and because they are sheltering in place for many of our families, there is greater stress than there has been in any time that they can remember. And because there is stress and because we are trying to parent in ways that we haven't before, it becomes so vital that we have people that we can debrief with and that people we can unload with and people that we can vent with or check off. What are you doing with your kids? And that is a good thing. The life of the church is a body. And the reason is God never meant for us to raise our children alone. So that when we're struggling and when we're wondering, God does not say, well, you just go it alone. No, that is never God's intent. And some of our models are positive, some are negative in the life of the church. But we're evaluating and helping one another, and that is actually God's content. We tease a little bit during this, this pandemic time that as we're all sheltering in place, about nine months from now, there may be a baby boom in this church. But even then, it will be all the more important that we help one another as the family of God, as the body of Christ, to grow in the reality of what it means to be parents of those children who are sinners just like we are and need our help to grow in the grace that God intends. Now, just again, straight talk for these times. Does it, does it really mean anything? Is it just preacher and wife telling people, you know, Get your families in church. Well, that doesn't even work right now, does it? So why do we so emphasize the body of Christ in these moments? It truly makes a profound difference. And you don't just need, you know, the preacher talk to hear that. Uh, A couple of years ago, 2018, a Harvard study investigated the health, both mentally and physically, of children and teens who were raised in what they called a spiritual environment. That is, families were regularly involved in some house of worship. And and here's the conclusion of that study. Those who attended religious services at least once a week reported that as teens, they were happier. And even into their 20s, They were far happier by their self-reporting than those who had never attended religious services. They were more likely to volunteer to help others during their 20s. They were less likely to use illegal drugs during their teens or their 20s. Those who prayed regularly in their families as they were growing up reported greater life satisfaction. They were better able to process their emotions. (laughs) They were more forgiving of others. They were less likely to have sex before they were married, and they were more likely to enjoy sex while they were married. (laughs) It's not magic. It is the reality of being a family of faith, learning what it means to love and forgive and build one another up in the Lord. And And children seeing that through their life and through the body of Christ, and even when the parents fail, to see it in the life and the body of Christ. The Forbes article that reported on that study actually concluded this way. Some fundamental habits that humans have been doing for eons, 
praying, worshiping, scripture meditation might actually have a bit more value than we tend to think. (laughs) Well, imagine that. What the Bible says is, in fact, what happens. So why should we be talking about it in this particular time? Again, Kathy and I slowed down as we were preparing these words because we just recognized there's so much we wanted to say to our own church family during this pandemic and sheltering in place time. I mean, maybe it's just a time for us to reevaluate our busyness and the, the sports activities and the college preps and the ballet practices and all those things that so add to our busyness that it, it takes us out of worship that are actually things far more formative to the spiritual and emotional well-being of our children for their whole lifetimes. I mean, I mean, after why are we all involved in those sports and the ballet classes and the ch- college preps? Because we want our kids to have a successful and, and good life. But we know statistically, if not by our own hearts, that those families that are raising children mature in the Lord are those who are most likely to experience God's blessing and their own emotional health long, long beyond their childhood years. And so, maybe it's just a time to think again as we eventually will be into re-entry here. Is this a time to think about it again? Of what we are doing as a family. Have we prioritized taking our kids to church at, at some of the most critical times? Here's what we know. Between the ages of 14 and 18, most children, two-thirds of those who will make a lifetime commitment to Christ will have made that commitment by the time they're 18. So are we taking them out of church, out of spiritual witness by the body of Christ at the very time that it's most crucial for their lifelong development? For that reason, maybe, maybe God is giving in, the, in this awful time a little space to us as families to think again What can we be doing for the good of our children long term? We think about the the church context not because we want to make it now again a checkoff box. I mean, every one of us knows what can happen. You can talk so much about the goodness of the life and the body of Christ that some parents are going to begin to use church attendance like some sort of rabbit's foot, you know, some sort of superstition. As long as we're in church regular, our kids are going to be perfect. They're going to turn out right. That's what Pastor Brian said. Well, I did not say that. We, We don't substitute church performance for a relationship with the Lord. And and that's what we started by talking about. It's exposing our children to those who love the Lord, not just those who are in Christian habits. So as important as those habits are to express our love, it's not the habits that are superstitious magic. That, you know, if you get your kids to A and you focus on B, then C, your kids are going to turn out this way as a mature Christian. That's not how it works. What is working is parents who are devoted to God with families of believers, with one another in the home, are developing a loving relationship not just with the body of Christ. That's not ultimately the point that they are developing a loving relationship with the Heavenly Father. There are about a hundred verses on understanding the love of God the Father. Think about that. 
It's understanding the love of God the Father before you actually get one verse on what it means to love your children. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Before there's any instruction, one verse to parents, there are a hundred of what it means to love the Lord. And, and then, of course, before you get to that one verse on parenting, you, you get 12 verses on what it means to be a husband and wife in the Lord. I mean, the, the proportion should be saying something about importance. That, that the first thing that we're being called to is a loving relationship with the Lord. That was a special episode of Unlimited Grace, as Pastor Brian Chapel was joined by his wife, Kathy. Please be sure to join us next time, as once again, we endeavor to put Christ at the center of our efforts so that lives might be transformed by His unlimited grace. This ministry is brought to you by Unlimited Grace Media and continues to be made possible with your generous financial support.